Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Good morning. It's wonderful to see you all here this morning. Um, You might not realize it, but it's a profound moment this morning. Something's happening for the first time this morning that has never happened before. Um, I turned 40 this week. Thank you. And I realized this is my first talk as a 40-year-old. So I hope that you will enjoy the wisdom that's now going to come and, uh, you know, just the not caring so much what people think that's going to come. <laughs> Actually, I did have a profound moment this morning as I was getting ready, like, oh my gosh, it's the first... I was like, why does it make a difference? But in my head, it, it kind of made a difference. Um, so, uh, yes, anyway. So if I'm a bit nervous, that's probably it this morning. <laughs> But I know you guys are a good group, so I think it'll be fine. Um, If you were here last week, uh, in fact, if you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to go and listen to the talk from last week. Uh, Stephen Thompson uh, shared with us uh, wisdom on wealth from the book of Proverbs, and he he did an amazing job of taking us through the whole book of Proverbs, Um, but just reminding us of the wisdom and the insights around money and giving, and wealth uh, that Scripture has to offer us. So I'd, I'd really love to encourage you, if you weren't here last week, to please go um, and, have, and have a listen. Uh, the, um, Chris and Jen, who are our pastors in the evening community, they uh, recently told Rob and I about a, um, uh, a website that only uh, looks at good news. So it's called, it's called Tanks Good News. Um, and just kind of good news stories, because sometimes, I don't know about you, but the normal news can feel a little bit uh, depressing and slightly, anyway, I won't go into that. Um, and so, anyway, they had found this, and so they put us onto it. And, and I've really enjoyed listening, uh, reading some of the stories, because they, they kind of every... Um, everyday ordinary stories, but just good things that are happening and good things that people are doing. And so um, just, a, just a couple that, really, that I really enjoyed was um, there was a picture of three black guys and um, an elderly lady having dinner together. And basically what had happened is these three young guys had gone out for a meal They'd seen this elderly lady, white elderly lady, sitting on her own. One of them had gone up to her and said, you know, are you okay? You know, are you feeling um, a bit lonely? Or I don't know how, you probably said it much better than that, more tactfully. And she said, well, actually, uh, my husband's recently passed away and, and it's our anniversary. And so I've come out for dinner on my own to celebrate. And he was like, oh, come and join us. And so there were these... Three lovely young guys with this elderly lady and just sharing together. And so the loneliness that she had felt um, was, uh, was answered in an unexpected way. 
The other one um, was uh, there was an elderly man who had fallen down and hurt himself and five teenage boys had seen this happen and so they came, they helped him, they picked him up, they took him um, somewhere to actually and cleaned up his wounds and cleaned him up and, and then sent him home. Um, and another one is that there's a school in the States where they, uh, most of the kids are under the poverty line. And so what they do at the end of, um, at the end of the week is they pack up the leftover, they make extra food and pack it up and they send um, a group of children who they know probably won't get fed on the weekend with a backpack, full backpack of meals for the whole weekend. And so as I was reading this and, you know, we talk, we're thinking about giving over these, these two weeks, I was just reminded of the, the extravagance and the generosity of our God. And it was beautiful to read some of these stories in terms of the generosity and extravagance that we, that we have within us, that God part within us. Probably the one that was my most favorite, not because I like shoes, because I'm not really a shoe person, but there was a woman who, when there were floods in the States, she went to one of the shoe stores in her area and she bought out the whole shoe store. 200 pairs of shoes to send to flood victims because she was like, that's probably something that they're going to need. And then there's a... And then a teach, there's a teacher who donates 80% of his salary to community projects in the area that he lives because he knows that 90%, 90% of his students who come to school are way below the poverty line. And as I read those two, I guess I was, it just highlighted the extravagance of giving. Like, I think often we use the word extravagance and it doesn't always conjure up maybe positive, a positive thing for, you guys, for, for us. Um, I was looking at the definition, and it's, um, the definition is exceeding limits of reason or necessity, lacking in moderation, excessively elaborate. elaborate. And it struck me as I read the uh, definition of extravagance that it felt quite negative. It felt like, oh, well, clearly you can't restrain yourself, and clearly you can't hold back. And so sometimes I think there's been a feeling that extravagance is actually not necessarily a positive thing. And yet, we have an extravagant God. You only have to look at pictures of the universe, pictures of our own earth, pictures of the stars. Like, you know, really, that's just not one thing somewhere. One world, one sun, a few stars, or even maybe ten, ten suns somewhere. It is universe upon universe, which is ever-expanding. So there's almost like no end at all to God's extravagance. And it struck me as I was thinking about this and looking at the definition that God's extravagance is never wasteful. Never wasteful. When he gives and he gives and he's extravagant in his giving, it's never, ever wasteful. And, um, and we know, I mean, we've just come out of Easter, haven't we? 
know how extravagantly God gives to us. He gave his son. 1 John 3, 1 reminds us how great is the love of the Father, the love of the Father that has lavished on us that we can be called children of God. We can be called children of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I looked up the definition of lavished, and it's to bestow or present something in extravagant quantities. So we could put the word extravagant in there as well. Scripture also tells us that, that he holds, God holds nothing back. He holds nothing back. He gives. Psalm 81, I'm sorry, 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. I don't know how you feel about money, about giving, about tithing, about wealth. I imagine in a room this side, some people might feel like it's a bit weird that one of the pastors is talking about money. Some people um, might think, oh, obviously the church is in dire straits. They've had to talk about giving and money. Or that people aren't giving enough, so clearly we have to have the talk. You know the talk? You know, when you were a kid and your parents are like, we have to have the talk. And inside you get slightly anxious and slightly nervous and you think, oh no, it's the talk. And you wonder, is it, a, is it the, the talk or is it something else? And... Or maybe you think we don't talk about giving enough and we should talk about it more. Whatever your view is this morning and whatever heart and whatever those feelings are that you come with, um, I just, I, I feel like the Lord is asking us to put those aside this morning. To put those aside and to be willing to say to the Lord this morning, I want to hear what you're saying to me this morning about giving, Lord, about money, about finances. I do just want to um, say off the bat that um, we have an, incredibly, an incredible board at this church. We have wise men and women who have stewarded the money that has been given to Northridge over the years really well. Men and women who have integrity and a heart to see all that Jesus would have for us as a church. Men and women who are willing to risk and step out while they bring their wisdom and skill in managing finances. Please feel free to talk to them or to us about our finances. We get audited annually and you can request to see our books. We welcome it. If you don't know who is on the board, come and chat to me or you can go and check on our website. Um, but we want to be open and transparent about finances and about money. I know, um, I know that life gets crazy. I know that life gets busy. And I know that sometimes, you know, things um, that we know are important just kind of get pushed to the side. And I think sometimes giving and, and money can be a little, or finances can be a little bit like that. It's good to take time to sit and think through 
our money and our tithing and our giving every now and then, to bring it to the Lord, to ask if there's anything he wants us to say, um, he wants to say to us. And so this morning, I want us to take a little bit of time to do that. I do just want to say that um, I recognize and we recognize that giving comes in all different forms. Time, resources, um, and not just in money. But I do this morning just want to focus specifically on money. So um, I, just, I just wanted to say that we recognize that giving is, bro- um, giving is broader than that. We're going to just take a moment in a few minutes, and uh, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to think about your money and your finances just in these three ways. They're not the only three ways, but it's what I felt like God wanted us to focus on this morning. I'd like you to think about your regular giving to church, giving to the poor, and giving beyond So we're going to take some time to ask God what he wants to say to us individually right now about that. This is between you and God, so I want you to be completely honest. I want to remind you that Jesus doesn't condemn us. He gently convicts us and he shows us a way to freedom. I want you to be present with what comes up for you, what feelings come up for you. Is it fear? Is it apprehension? A sense of lack? Maybe it's freedom, maybe it's joy, maybe it's thankfulness. But as we just spend these few minutes now, be present with where you are and take that to the Lord. He already knows, but his heart is that we would own that and take that to him. So um, let's close our eyes. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll, we'll just have a few minutes where you can chat to the Lord and bring that to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your extravagant love. We thank you for all that you have given to us. Father, our heart is that we want to be giving in the way that you are calling us to give. So, Father, as we wait now, I pray that you would speak to each of us in love, reminding us that you have come to bring us freedom and life. I'd like to encourage you that if you feel like God is putting something specifically on your heart or speaking to you about something specifically, to write it down. If you need to put it in your phone quickly on a note or if you need to write it down. If you maybe, if you know you need to go and spend more time with the Lord talking to the Lord about what's going on for you, I want to encourage you this week to make a commitment to do that. You know, I'm struck over and over again how the Lord genuinely desires to see us walking free in all areas. And so if this is a particular area for you which you know that you don't have freedom in, we want to encourage you to seek 
the Lord in it, and also to find people, whether it's in your life group or people that you know at church, to come and do that journey with you, to not try and do that journey um, on your own. I do feel, um, feel as well that I just I wanted to thank you as a church and as a community for your generosity. Um, it has been so exciting to see all that God is doing through us. Um, it's such a privilege to see the storehouse families that we have, the meals and banquets and parties for the kids and the clothes, the time and resources and money that goes into that, our kids, our youth, caring for each other, welcoming. I know that God and so many of us have put, and so many of you have put, an incredibly generous heart. And so I feel like, as I share this morning, he wants to say to us, there is more. And it's fun. I don't know if you've given before extravagantly, but it's quite fun. It's fun to see. Sometimes this can feel like a bit of a heavy thing, but actually the joy, the joy you see as, as you give to somebody unexpectedly is wonderful. One of the things I like to do occasionally, oh, I'll, oh no, I'm not sure if I've told the, the story already. I was at the petrol station. Have I told you the story? You can say yes if I have. I was at the petrol station a little while ago, and I just felt the Lord say, you need to pay for that lady's petrol. So I can never do it subtly. So I kind of went in, and, and um, I could see she was just finishing up. And so I said, thank you, I'll pay for my can. Please pay for that one over there. And he was like, yeah. And as I was paying, she came in behind me. And so I paid for her. And then I tried to run, walk out quickly so that she couldn't so it looked normal, but that she couldn't kind of chase me down. Anyway, I actually made it worse. So I'm nearly by my car, and so she comes out and she shouts across the concourse, I'm sorry, I think you paid for the wrong one. <laughs> so any kind of subtlety I was hoping for was completely... Because now everyone's standing at the pumps going... And the managers now walked out as well, and so I'm like... Um, no, I didn't pay for the wrong one. I, I, I just um, wanted to bless you, let you know that God loves you and he sees you, um, and so, so bless you. And so she just, she, she just was like, so the guy, so the manager looks at me and he goes, oh, so you know her. <laughs> so, so I go, no, no, I don't. And she goes, no, I don't know her. And so he's like, oh. And so everyone's still standing there with their petrol, like, what's going on? It's very weird. And she just gave me this massive hug. Massive hug. I was like, thank you so much. And that was it. And it just reminded me in that really small way, there's something about going over and beyond. Now, for us who know Jesus, we know that Jesus did that for us. We know that. We know that he went way beyond anything ever. And so he wants us to take that. It doesn't have to look like that. But he wants us to take that extravagant love and share it with others. 
Um, if you were around in October last year, you'll remember that we did a series looking at Isaiah 61. You know, um, in Luke 4, when Jesus stands up in the synagogue and he um, reads out the Isaiah 61 page, um, passage, which is the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim the captive, that the captives will be released, and so on and so on. And then he closes the scriptures and he says, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And he sits down. And um, for a while, Rob and I had been praying just about um, our community and where God was wanting to take us and, and, and who he wanted us to be. And we had felt as we read through the Isaiah 61, 1 to 4, that that was very much such a reflection of God's heart. You know, reminding us that we're called to be a community who loves the poor, who sees people set free and walking in the fullness of freedom. To be a community that's healthy in forgiveness and reconciliation. And to be used as this community to bring God's transforming love to the rest of the world. He wants us to take the extravagance and the lavish love that we experience and that we know to be true and demonstrate it to the world. The world is desperate, is desperate to know that it is loved and accepted. People, people more, I'm, I'm realizing more and more, people just don't know that they're loved and that they have any worth. More and more. And so people are clamoring constantly to find love and to find worth in other things. And most of us know that those things will never satisfy and will never fill that. We're starting to see people become Christians for the first time. We're starting, we had baptisms. We're seeing people continuing to be set free from things and healed. And we want more. We want to see more of that extravagant love poured out. And you know what? We're the hands and feet of that more. You and I. The other thing that we really want to see, which is very exciting, is you might not know, but we um, are one of three communities of Northridge. So Northridge is one church, but we have three different communities. We have an evening community that meets here in Thornley this evening. We have a Hornsby community that is meeting right at this moment in Hornsby, and our morning community here. But we have a heart to see more communities We want to establish healthy, functioning communities and see more planted out so that we can extend God's love, extravagant love and grace into other areas. That's exciting. That's worth giving into. So this morning... I just want to wrap up by looking at three really quick principles on giving. These are by no means concise. There are lots of other principles around giving, but I felt these are the three things that the Lord wanted to remind us of. 
So the first one is that even in the Old Testament, one of the distinguishing factors or traits of the Israelites was that they looked after each other and they looked after the poor. If you read through Leviticus, which I know is sometimes like trudging through mud um, and can be a little bit like, oh, you sort of, you know, when you get your Bible reading and then it goes Leviticus and you go, oh, switch off. (laughs) But I tell you what, there is some good stuff in there if you can work it out. Um, And so, you know, all the way through Leviticus, you see God saying to the Israelites, Look after the poor, look after the foreigner, look after other people who aren't able to look after themselves. So he says, do not go over your vineyard a second time when you are harvesting. Or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien. When you reap a harvest, don't reap right to the edges of your field. Leave them for the poor and the alien. All the way through the Old Testament, the Old Testament and through Leviticus, God cares for how we give and how we um, look after the poor around us. So this is a part of our heritage. It's part of who we are, who God has always been and who he makes us to be. The, other, the second principle is God knows that our hearts can very quickly become dependent on money rather than him. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus reminds us, No one can serve two masters. You will either hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both money and God. Uh, yeah. And Ecclesiastes says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. God knows the frailties of the human heart. He knows that that we seek to find things to hold on to when we feel a little bit out of control. And he, but he wants us to focus on him and to hold on to him because he is the only one who satisfies. He is the only one that actually delivers what he offers. And then the last principle, just to remind us again, is that this is for everyone. Everybody is called to give. It's not about how much we give, but rather that each person brings what they can. And there's this wonderful story that Jesus tells in Mark 12. Jesus sat opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few pence. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had. And I, you know, I love, that must have been so offensive to the Pharisees at that time. So offensive. But I love it because what he's saying is, is it's the heart that matters. It was a really practical lesson that, that Jesus was showing them and giving them. It was really simple. 
there they were sitting right in front of them. But it really got to the heart of the issue. And I really believe for us this morning, God wants to get to the heart of the issue for some of us. Why don't we stand together? I um, I had a dream last night, and um, it was funny because it was it was about a house that I used to live in when I was a teenager, and it was a house that I kind of feel like was my growing up house, was my childhood house. Although I seized for you, my parents sold the house, and so when I came back, I went to a different house, and I always grieved that old house. And when, we, um, when I used to go back and visit South Africa, occasionally I'd be brave enough to knock on the door to see if there was anyone there so I could go and see it again. Um, but I haven't thought about the house for years, and then I dreamt about it last night. And I dreamt that my parents-in-law had bought me that house. And so I remember standing at the gate, and I'm like so excited, and I go in, and the entrance hall looks exactly the same, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing, I'm so excited. And I run upstairs, and I look at, start looking at the house, and it's starting to look a bit different. And I'm looking in this room, and I'm like, okay, where's the other bedroom? And I'm searching around, and this house is like humongous now. It includes a restaurant, and a cinema, and, and, a, and it includes... Um, it includes an office, and it's just like, it's like this never-ending house. All I'm worried about is where's the next bedroom. That's all I'm worrying about. And then I wake up. And I felt that the Lord said, for some of us, we are remembering old dreams. We're living in old dreams. And God has new things for us. But we're constantly running around looking for the old dream, and we're missing the present gift the present dream that God has for us. And so let's, um, let's just spend a little bit of time listening to the Holy Spirit, opening ourselves up to hear what he wants to say. And then we're going to have um, just a little bit of ministry as well. So whatever helps you to feel like you can you open up and indicate to the Lord that you you are ready to listen and receive, then I'd love you to do that, whatever that looks like. So Lord, we come to you this morning, and Father, we recognize that you are a generous, extravagant God. We thank you for all that you have given to us, all that you have showered on us. Lord, speak to our hearts. Speak to those areas, Lord, where we know we have been holding on. Maybe for some of us, we know that we have been living in the old dream, unable to take hold of the new things that God has for us. Maybe for some of us, we haven't been giving it all, and this is 
the, sort of the beginning of a conversation with the Lord about giving. Maybe for some of us, we've just had the electronic transfer running on automatic for years and years, and we haven't really revisited it recently. I also feel like the Lord wants to bless the creativity in giving this morning. So Lord, we open to whatever it is that you want to do this morning. We're going to continue to wait, but I want to encourage you that if anything that's been said this morning has resonated with you, I'd love to invite you to either come forward and get some prayer and to tell us the whole story, but just have somebody to stand with you. Sometimes that's also just um, an expression, a really practical way to say to the Lord, yes, I'm ready to do the journey with you or to grab somebody next to you to pray with you.